welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today's show, we are introducing a new segment. It is Case Study Sunday. This is going to be a cool one. I'm quite excited about this. Now, this is going to be such a good segment because we are going to be celebrating the people who listen to this show. You guys listening right now who have gone out and taken action. And we might even have some of the listeners on the show to talk about some of this That's stuff. Right now, what I want to do, though, in this segment is not necessarily talk about the people who have a bajillion properties. Andrew Nichol. <laughs> I want to talk about the people who have two. I want to talk about the people who are buying their first one, the people who are just starting out. And to give you guys more of an insight, we are going to at least start the first shows talking about investors that we've worked with because that is going to also give you some insight into our approach to property investment and also creating a financial plan. So we might even have some of the property partners on as well, Andrew. Great idea. So to give you guys some context, the couple we're going to talk about today are based in Auckland and they owned their own home but didn't own any investment properties yet. Now they've been working with one of our property partners, Derry, you should be listening to the show, and they're living in Auckland, real salt of the earth people. Their household income is, you know, around about that 170k mark, you know, that means on average they're earning about 85k each. So pretty normal levels of income. Now, Andrew, as part of our financial planning process at OPAs and how we work with investors, we get people to create what we call My Wealth Plan. Now, this is our internal piece of software, but I've actually got the developers working so that anybody in the world soon will be able to use it without necessarily having to see us. So walk us through their plan. What were their ambitions? What did they want to achieve through property? Okay, so this couple wanted to have 150000 of today's dollars per year as living on money. Do you mean passive income? Passive income. <laughs> also known as living on money. Yeah. Uh, I was reading off that as I was looking down at my sheet. So sorry about that. They want that in 23 years. So from what I understand, these guys are just, they're not even quite 30 yet. They're turning 30 soon. And so 23 years, it's pretty young to be retiring on a 150 grand passive income. Yeah, so I think they'll be just over, you know, 50, yeah, just over 50 by the time they want this passive income. Cool. Which is a pretty ambitious goal, but we like that. Now I'll tell you what they've got at the moment. One of them's got, KiwiSaver, the first one's got KiwiSaver, $9,000 with an income of about 90, about 90, putting the normal 3% in, getting 3% matched. The other partner's got a similar sort of KiwiSaver balance and income of 85,000, 3% in, 3% matched. So I noticed that the property partner here, Derry, hasn't used superannuation. Why would he not use super, Ed? Oh, I love these questions. It's because they want to retire by the time they're 50. They don't get superannuation until they're 65. Yep. So all of that passive income is going to need to be created by the investments that they then built. And I'm guessing their KiwiSaver is low because they probably used their money to buy their first house. So very normal to see people with low KiwiSavers if they've done that. Now, based on those contributions, they're going to have the equivalent of $9,000, today's money, to spend per year in 23 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing is, that KiwiSaver will not actually be available by the time they hit 50 because you no. can't take it out under current rules to your 65. So actually, the key point here is that if they just do what they're currently doing, if they just have their KiwiSavers, by the time they get to 50, they won't actually have any assets that they're going to be able to use to create that sort of passive income. Now, I know that sounds really scary, but that's just the maths of it. If that's what they're doing, two KiwiSavers, and they have this big ambitious goal, at the moment, they're not currently on track to hit it. 
but that's okay. That's why you put a financial plan together and you come up with some ways that you might be able to do it. That's what my wealth plan's about. So walk us through what their wealth gap was. And look, we're just going to assume for the sake of this that they could actually use it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the additional assets needed to acquire between now and 23 years from now is about $3.5 million to be able to get to that passive income goal that they want. And just walk us through how that is calculated because three yes. and a bit million is, oh, that's a lot of assets. So we, we work on the basis that once you've got a lump of cash at that 23-year mark, which obviously you'd have to sell your rental property at that stage and get the cash to be able to do this, then you can put that into either a managed fund or a high-yielding property and you can live off a 4% return off that. That's right. That's what we call the rule of 4%. Yep. We've talked about that on some webinars before. Now, what was their plan? Okay, I really like this plan that Darius put together. So quite a good, well-spaced out plan. So rather than just go out and buy four rental properties straight away, he's structured it so they buy four properties over the next seven years. Now, starts out with the first one in the plan. Now, this is the plan, not necessarily what they put into action. The first one is a Christchurch growth property and buying that with no cash deposit. Actually, none of these are with cash deposit, just using equity. Second one is a, a million-dollar growth property, but not for a th few years' time, and that would probably be in somewhere like Auckland. Then what he's done is he's put in a yield property. Now, why would he put in a yield property yet? It's the wealth wheel. Yeah, so now, obviously, those two growth properties are likely costing these investors per week as a contribution. So he's bought in a high-yielding property in a million bucks, but that's going to bring in cash flow to pay for the first two. So that's what we'd call like a growth, growth yield sort yep. of wealth wheel. And that was in five years time from today. And then in seven years time, that final growth property, again, no cash down, borrowing 100% and holding on to those properties for the remainder of that 23 years. Fantastic. So four years, and w how close does that get them based on our projections, which yep. you know are reasonably conservative? What is it suggesting that they will have in terms of passive income by that goal date? So they're 97% of the way there. So they've managed to close a significant chunk of that gap by buying those four properties over the seven years, and the passive income's 146742 or the equivalent of, per year. So not bad. Now, I think the key thing to point out, of course, is projections are projections. This is, again, the maths of it. It might end up being that the growth is, is higher than that. It might be that it's slightly lower than that. But ultimately, this is to give you a basis for planning out and trying to achieve your goals. Now, one of the things that's really interesting is a plan's all very well and good, but you've actually got to then go ahead and put that into practice. So tell me they did, Ed. Well, they tried to initially. So when Dara was working with them, they looked at a property, I think, in, in Christchurch initially, and without hesitation, they were like, yeah, we need to do something, so let's get this under contract. Now, what's interesting, Derry calls up the mortgage broker. What does he say? Ring, 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 ring. Hello, it's Derry here. And the mortgage broker says, you know, might not waste your time on these guys. I don't think they're going to be able to get lending. And I think that the issue was that these guys, so keen, so interested in investing in property and trying to improve the financial side of their lives, they were probably peppering this guy with questions, you know, really trying to engage and understand how they can move forward. So unfortunately, they weren't able to get finance for that first property. But they went away, they did some work, 
negotiated for some pay rises. That's what we call the earn baby earn strategy, <laughs> which I don't think I've talked about on the no. show. It's based on that. Do you know that 70s song? Burn yeah, baby, I, I, burn. Of course, disco and burn. Of course. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they've used the earn baby earn strategy, got their incomes up. That put them in the position where they would be able to get lending. Now, the really cool thing about this was they ended up purchasing a property, yeah. putting it under contract. We won't say where it is. But they purchased it for 775k, 775k. That probably tells you it's either in Auckland or Wellington or perhaps the Hawke's Bay. Jokes, it wasn't the Hawke's Bay. And it's currently valued at 880k. So they've made just over 100k on this. Now, the wonderful thing about that is that they needed to have, you know, in 23 years' time, they've got to have three and a half million odd dollars in order to create this passive income, 3.75 to be exact. And through this one property, they're already well ahead of what the projections would suggest they would need to be at. They're already 100K through it. So it's really a, a good example of if you can start early and get on the journey, that is going to help get you to your goals much sooner. Hey, and what I like about this particular scenario is that these people didn't rush in, get knocked back and then give up because that can be a really easy thing to do. Obviously, anytime we're told no, we can't do what we wanted or we miss out on something like a new job, it can be a bit disheartening, but this is a long-term plan. We build this plan so that people can map out their investment journey over a number of years. So if you don't get a yes today, that's okay. Just do everything to get a yes tomorrow. And I think the other good thing that I just want to point out, or the reason these guys are able to have some quite phenomenal results, at least from the modelling, is that they are starting really, really early. You know, if they tried to build, go from essentially zero assets up to three and a half, three point seven five million dollars of assets in ten years, not doable, mate. Just what it wouldn't happen. And the reason that just wouldn't happen is that you need to buy five properties today then you'd have to have the belief that in quite a short period, 10 years, property prices are going to move quite a bit when we've already gone through quite a growth period over the last two years. Having said that, they're wanting to retire really, really young. If you're 45, 23 years only makes you 68. That's still completely doable. Yeah, that's true. But what I'm trying to say is like, so let's say you want to retire at 63 and you're currently 40. Yeah. Imagine if you'd started at, at 25. The sooner the better. Yeah. I mean, when I think about it, I'm relatively young, 29. But, you know, I think, you know, how long do I want to hold these properties for? Well, probably till I'm 90. And I just think, well, in six- Till you're 90? Well, who are you going to leave them to? The orchestra? No, mate. No, mate. My cats. No, jokes. I don't own a cat yet. It'll be. I'll, I'll, I like that you've you've actually yet because you know that you know that's what your life holds for you. Well, a little you with some spreadsheets and thirteen cats. <laughs> well, a little Misty and Daisy will need looking after after I'm gone. But do you know what I mean? Like, let's say you're investing for sixty years. Just imagine how the value of that property will change over time. It'll be just like how you look at Deirdre now and you blink a couple of times when you find out that her first house cost her five pounds. <laughs> so we're going to do more of these and hopefully you enjoy them. I, I, just the reason I like it is I remember when we first purchased Property Investor magazine and I called up all of the Property Investors Associations to ask them what they thought we should do differently. And the feedback I got was, 
you know, why do you keep putting on, and this is why we, we weren't the ones putting it on, why do you keep putting on people who own 67 properties on the front cover? You know, I want to hear about people who own two. I want to hear about people who are like me. And so that's what we're going to do. And, you know, one of the really cool things is that every single week, probably about 30 to 50 people come through and create this sort of wealth plan with our team at Opus. And it's just a beautiful thing. So we've got lots of case studies that we can actually talk about. And just while I'm on it, if you do want to come in and go through my wealth plan, work through this sort of thing with a financial advisor, then just a reminder, it is complimentary. You can do it at any time. I'll drop a link into the show notes in case you want to find out more about that or opuspartners.co.nz. You guys know where it is. You can find out more when you're ready. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time.